Yo, this is Greg Capullo, man, and you're listening to Elegant Weapon. And you know who the biggest elegant weapon is? I can't tell you where it's located, but it's uh, got something to do with me. An elegant weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer, and you don't want no part of this shit. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. The time has come. Join hands as we bring together our mystic powers. Cobra attack! gentlemen welcome to an elegant weapon episode 133 my name is jay the jedi ross please excuse me while i flick my bick think about it and understand it welcome back kids it's great to be here very very exciting news happened today just a matter of a few hours ago in fact big announcement from Marvel Comics as they announced that the 616 universe and the Ultimate Universe shall collide as a result of the upcoming Secret Wars in May. Also released recently, we're going to talk about Star Wars number one as it heads back into the Marvel fold. A whole bunch of other stuff we're going to talk about as well. Talking about that stuff with me tonight, I'm joined by Derek Becker of the Drunk on Comics podcast. So please, enjoy. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I don't watch a whole lot of TV, so although I am getting caught up uh, on I on Breaking Bad, I'm I'm almost I think I got about maybe five or six more episodes, and I and I've finished the whole thing. Nice. I could never get into it. I tried. Aaron was into it, and I did a few, and I it was good. Like I didn't dislike it, but I never got that hook that a lot of people get. You know? Uh dude, the pacing in the first season was so terribly slow. Okay, was you know, it? I'd, I'd rather pick my toenails, you know, than than, than watch that first season again. I did see a few fun but, things in it, but uh, there's just too much other stuff that I'm too I'm too drawn to. You know. Plus, I I still hurt like after Lost. Like Lost was such a heartbreak that it's very difficult for me now to really invest in a television show that hardcore again, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Like I, I, I don't know that Lost. You know, everybody bitches about the end of Lost, but I don't know how else you could have ended it. A million different ways. <laughs> but none of them would have been any better or any worse. I think but, I think they could have been a little better. It just it did, it wasn't an ending in a way. Like it it was, but. 
it's just it was an answer thing, right? Like that 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 wasn't enough of a answer because you set up that many questions over that many years. You can't just go meta and you can't just go philosophical on it. You've got to you got you kind of got to give a little bit more concrete, you know, reasoning for what the hell's been going on than just this is a crazy place, <laughs> you know. The the only the only question that I want answered that they never answered is what the fuck's up with the Dharma shark. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess that was one of those things where they, like you know the the creator like the people that were doing it like just threw it in there thought it'd be cool didn't realize that everybody would be going the fuck's up with that shark with the Dharma logo on. <laughs> well, it's just like the polar bear, right? They were there. It was in that underground uh, station, and they I guess they were probably experimenting on the sharks just like they were on the polar bears, right? And then the thing got loose or something when the whole thing blew up and they saw it swim by, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what I think happened there. But uh, kids hanging out right here with me, comic aficionado and co-host of the Drunk on Comics podcast, Derek is in the house. What is going on, brother? Not too much and a whole bunch at the same time. That's what's uh, going on. Can, can, can you uh, hold on for one moment? Okay, that gives me the perfect opportunity to press this button on this contraption here in my hand and do it. Oh, yeah. Um, flavor perfect, is... because now that gives me time to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. It's... Uh... It's a pink Kush kind of evening around here, kids, and uh, it's it's delicious. It's 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 once in a while I come across a nice herb that uh, it's not particularly better than another herb, but it's got like the zingiest, zangiest like whammo taste. You know what I mean? And I love that. And this shit is that. It's that once you light it up, it's like bam in your fucking mouth and your teeth are tingling. I fucking love it. I can't speak uh, too highly of of my beer this evening. Uh, I'm going full-on lawnmower-style beer tonight. A full-on lawnmower-style beer? <laughs> yeah, you know the shit that you drink while you're cutting your grass? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, what, paps or...? Uh, worse. <laughs> this is uh, Big Flats. <laughs> Big Flats is uh, is canned specifically for Walgreens, which in the States, I don't know if you got Walgreens... Okay. I am, we're familiar with Walgreens. I'm not sure if it's because I just know them in the states, or we might have one or two here. But go on. Yeah, it, it's it's a chain of pharmacies that has like a you know little convenience type store in there. They have some households. They have you know, I mean it's it's like a CVS and all those other ones that you see yeah, on yeah. the street corners in every major city. Well, they sell some beer, and this is their beer that's sold specifically for them, and it's three dollars for a six pack. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty fucking terrible. But um, you know, every once in a while, I like I like a palate cleanser of a shitty beer. <laughs> but hey, it's but, three three bucks a six pack. You already cleaned yeah, yourself. <laughs> you don't you don't taste them that much after like about halfway through the third one. <laughs> That's always the trick, man. So. Um, I got an interesting <laughs> beer story from uh, the great Allentown Comic Con when I was in Philadelphia. There, or sorry, Ooh, I always say Philadelphia, but I was in Pennsylvania. But uh, either way. Stan with our good friend Stan, and I was like, we need some beer. And he's like, okay, we'll go to the store that sells beer. And I go in and walk into the big giant American beer store, and there's beer everywhere. 
And I'm looking around, and it takes me a minute or two, but then I clue in that there is nothing smaller than a 2-4. And I'm like, okay, what's happening here? And a I'm like, Yeah, like a, what, a, a case. What's, what's a 2-4? A case, 24 in a case. Oh, okay. Right? So, uh, sorry, we you, call them... you, you wacky Canadians with your funny wings. Yes, we call it a 2-4 here, eh? So uh, we, I, I was like, there's nothing smaller than a 2-4. He's like, yeah, they don't sell anything smaller than 24. And I was like, well, what? I just want a 6. Like, <laughs> like, what do I do? He's like, oh, we got to go to a bar for that. And I was like, but I don't want to hang out at a bar. And he's like, no, you got to go into a bar, buy six beers, and take them with you. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Stan's like, nope, <laughs> that's the way we do it. So we went to this little bar that was owned by these friends and – you know, it's like, what do you need? And I was like, uh, can I get six? Uh, you know, I just got some cores or something. I was like, six cores to go. And he's like, yeah. And he put them in a little carry case. And I was like, wow, this is just crazy, crazy. So that's my little uh, Allentown beer story. Neat, eh? <laughs> that 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 is a fun one. It reminds me actually of a story. Now, this is this would have been back in the '80s, well before I was old enough to drink. But it's a story that I got from my dad. He used to travel all over the. The, the country for work. And when he was in Texas working after he got done, the guy at the plant that he was working at there, he's taking him back to the hotel and, and he goes, Hey, he goes, you like beer? He goes, yeah. What kind of beer do you like? He goes, he goes, yeah, you know, whatever kind of beer he goes, he goes, what do you drink? He goes, whiskey. He goes, what kind? He goes, Canadian whiskey. He goes, you like crown? He goes, good. They pull up to a store and it's a drive through liquor store. And he goes, says, yeah, give us uh, six cores and two shots of crown. And so they hand a six pack through the, window and two dixie cups with crown in them <laughs> america. america fuck yeah the the first thing i just want to talk about quickly and we won't get uh, too long into because a million people are talking about it but uh, i might actually write something up about star wars number 1 Yeah. Marvel Comics. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, Jason Aaron uh, wrote that, and John today did art on it. I don't remember who did colors. Uh, uh, Martin, I don't I have the copy from. I have the copy. Uh, I know it's Martin something Martin, but uh, it's at the back. It's like the credits are to, on, a, on a Star Wars movie, which you know I thought was appropriate. Oh, is that how they pulled this off? Yeah, they 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 did everything just like the Star Wars movie. All the credits are at the very be- at the very end. The pinups are absolutely stunning. Like it's it's just it's gorgeous. The colorist, yeah, Laura Martin. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I I talked about this um, on on our podcast here this past weekend. Kind of, we weren't really planning on talking about it, but wh- which cover did you get? By the way, I went with the straight up one. I uh, okay. I went, went non variant, which is my my usual style. I very very rarely get a variant because uh, it's got to really excite me to get a variant. It's got to be someone I really like doing it, or it just like looks stunning. Because I'm an original guy. I want the original one. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, now I bought, I did buy a variant because it, it and this cover actually got our cover of the week for the best on tap this week. Nice. Which was the. Uh, the action figure variant. 
Oh, good. <laughs> oh well, I didn't realize was... how the, how they actually did it, eh? My my uh, the guys at uh, Altered States there, my LCS, uh, were explaining to me that if you ordered five thousand copies, then you could get an exclusive variant for your store. Yeah, there there's like, it, well, and the way the variants typically work, without going into too much detail, like. You'll have a 1 in 25 variant, a 1 in 50, a 1 in 100, a 1 in 200. Yeah, and then, like, you know, if you were ordering 5,000, then, yeah, you got one special one just for your store. Yeah. So there were over 30 variants that I know of because of some stores like Midtown Comics in New York that they'd order more than 5,000. So, you know, they're going to they're gonna get their own variant. So really? yeah, yeah, I'd heard up to 100 variants may happen. Oh, yeah. See, now, last I heard, and this is... This was like a couple weeks back, maybe a month ago. It was they were over thirty at that point, so wouldn't surprise me. Um, but you know, then again, they're talking about this book selling a million copies, and which which is why I don't really think it matters what cover you get. Every single book, one of these books is worth ten cents because there's just too many of them out there. But the story itself, I, I do want to talk to you about this, and I was I was glad you know when when you hit me up earlier saying hey. You want to chat comics? I was like, fuck yeah, I do, because we need to talk this comic. <laughs> yeah. Um, my overall, it, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it. You know, the artwork was definitely photo referenced, you know, as far as John Cassidy. Like, I mean, because the, there's just flat out classic panels of like Luke, Leia, and Han, especially Leia and Han. Well, that's something that kind of, it's funny you mentioned that because. It's the art. I, I like the art overall, but I'm a little bothered by by the facial renderings because yes, they are very photorealistic and such. But that kind of takes away from what they were able to do with the expressions. There's a lot of very expressionless panels I'm finding in the comic. Yeah, you know what well, I'm saying. It's, it's photo reference. Yeah, it's yeah. So, um. I think Han Solo was done the best as far as the dialogue and the language. Um, I, I think his voice came through very clearly. And I thought 3PO was excessively wordy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I kind of I tended to, like, brush over, you know, 3PO and stuff. But I see what you're saying. Like, Leia, for me, was a little too forceful. She was a little... Uh... I don't know. She was a little. Uh, she played a little dumber than you're used to seeing Leia. Well, and, and I, I think she was also a little bit too much like opening scene of you know uh, a New Hope. You know yeah, where she's yeah. like that very just I don't know uh, abrupt. So, but I I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I mean I'm being nitpicky. Um, my biggest complaint on this as a comic though is. Had you not seen the first movie, you wouldn't have a fucking clue what's going on here. Oh, yeah. You would be absolutely clueless, just so the people know. this. Uh, the story takes place in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, like, you know, some of the, the action panels, only because I knew what Darth Vader's powers were could I, could I guess at exactly what was happening. Like, when he's using the Stormtroopers... as human shields, you know, in, in front of him, the, the visuals weren't there to carry it through if you didn't know 
if you didn't have the background of what he was capable of. So that that's my only real complaint is, is that it's, it's not a book that anybody could even potentially jump into unless you knew the first original movie. Absolutely. Um, I do love the their Vader, though. They treat Vader very well. Just, yeah, that attitude of him using the Stormtroopers is, is like, you know, shields and shit. It's, uh, it's cool. And Chewie. Chewie as well. Chewie was, uh, Chewie was made to look uh, quite badass at points. So, yes, I did enjoy it. Um, I'm... <sighs> It's it's something new to get used to because it is it's marvelly in a way. I'm used to many years of Dark Horse Star Wars, and um, again, I'm not a giant. I I always have to remind people of this when I'm talking Star Wars is that I'm not in Star Wars hugely or mainly because of the movies, right? Like uh, sometimes I almost say I'm more of a, a a fan of the enduring battle between the Jedi and the Sith than I am like Star Wars the movies. You know what I mean? So this this takes it back to the movies. I've been used to years of of new stuff. Well, I, from stuff, what I've gotten you know? from you for yeah, you're you're a Jedi fanboy. Kind of am. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's it's exciting to see where stuff's going to go. Like, the thing I've enjoyed most out of all the new stuff that has come so far is uh, Kanan on the Star Wars Rebels and him being the last Padawan and him having to grow up and try and teach this other kid and him having been this secret hidden Jedi and stuff. Uh, that's been That was really, really enjoyable for me. But, uh, you know, definitely, of course, it's Star Wars. It's fun. It's well done. It's well drawn. Uh, the best thing I think about this book was the story. So everybody, enjoy your Star Wars, whatever variant you end up with. <laughs> massive news. Well, I guess you could say massive news. You kind of saw it coming in some weird way. Just developed a few hours ago, which prompted me to get onto the Twitter to my good friend Derek of the Drunk on Comics podcast and say, we need to talk tonight. Because Marvel made an announcement today. Okay. I heard there was an announcement, but I actually have not yet heard it. Oh, really? This is, yeah. this, this is cool. We get, to, uh, we get to announce this to Derek. This is cool. Um, basically, Marvel has announced today what is going to result out of the Secret Wars. And okay. what, what the results of the Secret Wars will be is a uniting of the 616... And uh, it's 616, right? Yeah, the 616. And I'm, I'm sorry. Guessing... Literally, I got, I was at 3 in the morning. I, I got up for a bit this morning and fucking uh, 8 Mile was on with Eminem. And literally, as I was about to say 616, all I heard in my head was the chant when they're all like, 313. And I yeah. totally got, like, confused. Now But uh, they're going to take the normal Marvel Universe and the Ultimate Universe, and it's going to get mashed together due to the Secret Wars events, and they're basically going to pull a Flashpoint and pull a new 52, and they're going to start all over. And they're going to blend it all together and make it like a new thing. So basically, Marvel is going to do their new 52 reboot, Mm. and uh, that, as I've as we can kind of see weird things coming the way Marvel's been trying to separate mutants from the Avengers kind of side of the universe, pushing the inhumans thing. And, you know, I have a feeling 
this reboot is going to result in either no mutants or a completely segregated little section of the universe for mutants and inhumans is going to be everything. We talked about this a while back. Um, there's actually a lot of new, there are a lot of new comics that are, are mutant based that I've heard about and seen that are supposed to be coming out after secret wars. Okay. So I, I don't think that's, that's really going to be the case. Um, hopefully not. No, I, I, I don't think they're that dumb. Um, but, but, you know, it's like, yeah, I know that you're not making as much money on the movies, but I can pretty much guarantee after like, Fantastic Four is a perfect example. You know, you, you've got Fox is, is probably going to run that one into the ground. I mean, that is the one movie where everybody's like going, if they can make this work, God bless them. But yeah. I feel bad right now for everybody working on that movie because, like, the second Fantastic Four was was terrible. I have a friend that worked on that film, and he doesn't even like to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so it's it, it's one of those things where I I don't see them getting away from the mutants. It, it, it brings in far too much money. And I was just looking at stats earlier for, you know, 2014 and what books were their big sellers and how many of the, like the, the top 500 books of this year were X-Men books. Do you think there'll be a clear separation within the universe though? Do you think they'll, they'll keep them separate and not really let the two sides, maybe the, you think the mutants will kind of do their own thing? Cause you know, they're going to push this inhuman thing, especially with the result of, uh, you know, Daisy and Quake on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and, the you know, the Inhumans movie and stuff. I think Marvel's really going to, at least, you know, Marvel who has that, they're going to push that because that's all they have to push at the moment. You know what I mean? Well, no, it, it makes sense for them to push Avengers. <clears throat> excuse me. It makes sense for them to push Inhumans, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, you know, uh, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, these properties that they own. It makes sense for them to push that because they'll make more money in the long run for the same amount of work that if they were pushing X-Men. So that makes sense. However, there was like Marvel just came out within the last day or two with something saying, look, the movies and the comics are not going to be the same. They're not going to try and intertwine the two together. They're their own separate things, but you know, and people are, are, are pulling from this going, well, look what happened. You know, when, when, uh, you know, Scarlet Witch uh, wished, you know, that that everybody in her family, you know, die or whatever, and 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 or, or everybody that wasn't her family die, and Magneto goes down, and that's how you learned that Magneto's not really your father. And everybody's looking at that, but I don't remember if it was Axel Alonso or who it was, one of the the higher ups at uh, at Marvel was saying the writers of these books are also fans of the movies and the TV show. So, of course, they're going to take inspiration from those things and vice versa, but they're not going to be synced up together. So I'm not worried about it. You know, everybody wants to get, get in this tizzy. But you think about how much money Marvel makes just on X-Men merchandise, on T-shirts and, like, you know, books like like the the notebooks for school and all these other little things backpacks for kids for god's sake yeah. everything that just has x-men on it that's a cartoon property fox doesn't get any of that money that's that's all marvel yeah, they're not yeah. dumb 
So, I mean, shit, I bought a new X-Men t-shirt two weeks ago. <laughs> you know, it, that's yeah. the kind of thing. They're not going to lose out on that. They're not going to kill something that is continuously bringing in revenue. So, enough of my my rant. Holy shit. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's just what I was looking for because I, I, I agree completely. I just I think it's it's I think I wonder if sometimes the the inner areas and workings of Marvel and Disney and the comics and the movie makers all themselves it, it, I mean it's confusing to us as fans at times um, you know and I think in one way and I'm not trying to take sides you know I I I am admittedly a DC biased comic book reader but I'm not trying to make this following statement as like a big thing on DC's side, but I do think that there is a certain uh, there's a certain level of comfort people are finding in DC's kind of kind of I don't know if consistency is the right word, but they're I don't know, they're you they're uniform, you know, they're their uniformness kind of. And they've stuck with it. Like the new fifty two, you know, it worked and comic wise, you know, things things are going well. People are still enjoying books and this and that. Um, you yourself have picked up one or two more DC books than you may have in the past. Well, I picked. I actually, I I used to pick up some Green Arrow back back in the day, uh, only because a, a buddy of mine had been writing it, and so I picked that up. And and I just enjoy his writing. But I really wasn't getting into the the characters. After New Fifty Two, I've tried some. I've liked them enough to stick on for like a couple issues, but then I still end up dropping them. But that doesn't really necessarily say that the books aren't good. It's just the volume of stuff that I read. Oh yeah, my superhero <laughs> my, my superhero books are, are are being slimmed down drastically every week. So it's uh... it is. It's a strange time. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Especially that makes me feel comforted in a way because then, as as a you know, as also a Marvel fan and uh, someone who you know collects Wolverine and stuff, it it's it turns me off when things get really muddled and confusing. And it's it's just felt like that with Marvel for so long that they they keep making these changes or announcing these changes, but nothing's ever uniform and kind of stuff's bouncing all over. You know, I, I hope that Marvel decides to kind of, you know, pull off this complete thing and make it like a complete reboot because, you know, then we can kind of be like, OK, what's clear, what's happening, what's going on? Because I, I basically like are there like Wolverine, well, there was what Wolverine, Savage Wolverine, Wolverine and the X-Men. Are there any of these titles still going right now now well, that he's dead? No, but now they have new Wolverine books out like Wolverines is a is a new one that uh, is a weekly series. I think it might only be a four issue, but you have like Wolverines, you have Wolverine Legacy, you know, you you have all these other ones that are still following around after the death of Wolverine. Um, yeah, and they're they're decent stories from what I you know the ones that I've read, but. Um, it is kind of interesting because I think the fun take on this is exactly what Charles Soule said to us back at Motor City here uh, would have been last year when we were talking about the death of Wolverine coming out, and he was more excited about the Marvel, you know, the, the Marvel comic book universe, the six one six, 
universe, which, by the way, you were talking about 8 Mile with a 313, which, which that's their area code. Yeah. Our area code is 616. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. That's so badass. We are the coolest area code. If you're, if you're a Marvel fan, the only place to live is Grand Rapids. <laughs> so from? Um, I'm from the 616. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but, no, Charles Charles Soule was, was most excited about writing stories without Wolverine. Not because he didn't like the character, but because the Marvel Universe has become so dependent on him. Yeah, absolutely. That without him in a, a world without Wolverine is a lot trickier way now if bad guys come up and you got to get the superheroes that can go in. Because Wolverine was, was, you know, damn near impervious to everything so this is it's it's a nice time to have it adds a level of vulnerability to a team that you didn't have before absolutely i think it was the perfect time to do it as i said i was so confused with the x universe there was so much going on that that they did kind of need to cut the head off and kind of see what grew out of it on its own you know well shit i i dropped all my x-men books there, there was just too much out there. I haven't, I was behind on my books just over the Christmas season and stuff. Like, thankfully, like, you know, not much came out over the, over the holiday season, but I was scared that when I pe- picked up my pile the other day, that it was going to be monstrous and it ended up being like a $30 pile. And you know, there's in, you know, there was like star Wars. What else did I get? I got He-Man, the latest He-Man and uh, justice league and Batman was in there and the new Batman annual. And maybe one or two other books, but that was my pile, and I was all scared. How how many weeks? Uh four, but two of them were the Christmas weeks. Thirty bucks is like an average week for me, you know. Like like I'm I'm happy at thirty. Yeah, no, I've I've cut down a lot. Like you know, the Wolverine's gone, and uh, what else did I, I just I did cut out a few other titles too, but. Uh, I cut out the other Batman as well. Like all I collect now is Batman, and I, I had to stop with Detective and uh, and the Dark Knight because I just I couldn't do it. There was too much, too you know. And, and they weren't keeping me like Batman was anyway. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna stick to what. Even though a lot of people consider Detective Comics to be the genuine Batman storyline, it's been Batman for so long, and especially when you got a team like Capullo and Snyder writing it, it's the obvious choice that you know if you're gonna stick with one Batman title, you're going to read Batman, you know? Yeah. Which you know, is I, still I, excellent and amazing to this fucking day, you know? It's so I, good. I got a question for you, Jay. Yeah. Concerning comics, I mean, do you read much independent stuff? Or Not or, as much it, as I'd like to because of the fact that I'm just, I'm busy and it's at a time in my life when I don't have the time to like, like my comic collecting and reading right now is is you know sticking to those ones that I you know collect the lines for you know I go to the comic shop I'd like to hang out there more and look around more but a lot of the times it's run in grab my pile I got things to do and then uh you know I'll kind of read them all in like a night and uh I'd really like to read way more independent than I get a chance to for sure but that's why I always try to read stuff that uh is recommended to me I well I read enough you know especially with a lot of I always read guests that I have on the show. I read their books, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, here's here's my suggestion to you. Um, my suggestion to you is 
if you want to read some new creator-owned stuff and, and you're going to take a chance, next time you're at your shop and you see a brand new number one from Boom Studios, just grab it. Okay. <laughs> it, here, here's the reason. With the exception of um, of The Woods, uh, which is a, an ongoing series for them, everything else for them is a finite series. Pick up something from Boom because they're always short miniseries. So you can get away with having, you know, something where you're just trying it and you don't have to go on and feel like you're going to be stuck in something or you don't have to jump into the beginning of it or in the middle of a, a new series. Absolutely. That's very good advice. And uh, I always enjoy when I can do that. That's that's one thing that was fun about Star Wars is I could uh, – Dark Horse was notorious for doing that, right? Like four and five issue series all the time. Yeah. And I could pick and choose kind of which series I wanted to buy, right? So – Absolutely, and I know you're a big fan of Boom too. So and uh, love those guys. Yeah. Well, you know, and and I'm a big fan of Image and and Dark Horse and you know all the other guys that are out there, Aspen Comics, everybody else. But Boom is notorious for having miniseries. So I, I that's the one place where I think you can go and you can find you know a self enclosed encapsulated story that has a definitive beginning and end. And if you're lucky. They, maybe they'll bring that out for a round two, you know, a second story arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but it's great. I mean, it's like I I think the longest series there that I know of, uh, with the exception of what The Woods is going to be, was Fanboys versus Zombies, and that went 20 issues. Nice. It went 20 issues? Yeah. Are they going to do a trade of that? They should, because I'd buy it. Oh, yeah, there, there's five trades that are out. I Oh, really? I have the first issue, but I never got any after that. But uh, that also reminds me, just as you're saying that, is uh, my good friend Anthony Rutgazer of uh, The First Hero. I believe yep. – uh, I hope I'm not speaking at a turn. I'll find out before I edit this. But <laughs> uh, First Hero is getting a second uh, – like a second series, like a second set. They're going to do like another four. Oh, nice. Yeah, and he's also got uh, – while I'm mentioning him, I'll just quickly shout out, he's got a brand new webcomic in uh, episode 9, I believe, just came out. It's called uh, Heroes of Homeroom C. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you folks should check that shit out. He's going to be at uh, Toronto Comic Con in March doing his new book and stuff with, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? He's got a new artist, and I can't remember his name, So, but I apologize. But we'll talk about it more before March. But uh, Toronto Comic Con is looking to be good fun. So congratulations to our good friend Anthony on that shit. Yeah. Um. By the way, when you when you go and you're looking at, like, if you ever find any loose issues of Fanboys versus Zombies, uh, issue thirteen, which you can occasionally find them floating around on eBay, there was a Motor City Comic Con variant which you should get, <laughs> uh, because myself and my buddies from Drunk on Comics. We're in the background on the cover. <laughs> and then you should also get issue 20 because in the first panel on the second page, we're drawn in that too. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know that we were going to be drawn in that last issue. That that was that was a huge thing. Jerry Gaylord, the artist, um, which, you know, we we, uh, we put in a good word for him at Motor City. Um you know, to try and get them out and, you know, then Motor City and Jerry, they took it from there and all that. But, um, 
yeah, Jerry came out and we we played host to them, you know, because it well, Motor City's our our home convention, you know, even though it's on the other side of the state, that's the that's the one con that we call home, and uh, yeah, so we we made sure that they were <laughs> they were taken very that they were taken care of very well, and yeah, yeah. Uh, when the last issue came around, it's actually drawn in a convention, and. So Jerry drew us in and, and I hit him up and he goes, dude, he goes, it wouldn't have been right to not have you in there. So I, uh, I instantly bought that original page. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. That's absolutely amazing, man. Our biggest, uh, an elegant weapons, biggest claim to fame as far as being in a comic book so far is the adventures of super stoner. Number one, <laughs> which, uh, there's a couple Easter eggs. Uh, there's like a fridge that's got an elegant weapon magnet on it. Nice. And uh, then there's something else, too. But it's really cute. The, the magnet, it looks kind of like a little bumper sticker on the fridge, but he drew it so fine that, it, you know, the logo with the two hands and the doob and the lightsaber? Yeah, the, the one that I'm looking at on Skype right now. Yeah, he drew that into it, like, really tiny, but you can, cut, you can tell that's it. And uh, there was one other thing, and I'm just blanking on it right now because I'm super stonered myself. <laughs> but uh, that's that's always fun stuff, man. That's uh, and that's a great comic too. Fanboys versus zombies is that's a great idea, and it was Dude. executed beautifully too. Oh, so so good. Um, yeah, that was uh, Sam Humphreys that I think originally came up with the idea. No, wait, was Sam on art? Uh, and I know Shane Houghton was writing it, um, Sam Humphreys, Shane Houghton, Jerry Gaylord, Penelope Gaylord, Brian Turner. I mean, just awesome fucking creative team on that book, too. So, but yeah, that was that was a fun one. But yeah, I mean, that just, I don't know, Boom just knows how to do creator-owned shit. Like, they really do. I mean, Image does this really shiny, glossy stuff, which I really, really love, but... Boom Studios, I think, has the heart that I, I wish every publisher had. Like, and it, it comes through on their books. So, you know, it's there, there's always a book from Boom out there that I just am gushing over. And then that series ends. And then there's a, another brand new one that fills in right at the same time. So, yes. yeah. 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 When you can keep that consistency going of just quality product, like churning off the line, that's just fantastic, you know? Yeah. Which but, uh, it's, shameless shameless plug here. If people want to hear me gush more about Boom, um, sometime this week. I don't know when your show's airing, and I'm not quite sure when we're Thursday. Po- damn it! You hear Thursday? that, kids? That's what we're going for. I've the last couple episodes I've managed, and I've got I've got it rolling. And Thursday is going to be the day, kids. I'll officially announce it right now. Woo-hoo! I, I, if I screw it up once in a while, forgive me. But that's what we're going with Thursdays. <laughs> cool yeah i think it will either be wednesday or thursday so it, it should probably already be out when this airs uh we tony and i interviewed uh chris muscovich and pally schmidt the writer and artist on the boom studios book thomas alsop which that just wrapped up it's it's eighth and final issue which so. you've been bugging me to read forever so that should be that's that's now number one on my like non-usual reading list is to get that going and surprisingly enough, because uh, there's there's a big ending to this book, and we managed not to spoil it. And we talked to those cats for like an hour, maybe a little more. Nice, nice. Yeah, so that's good. Managed work. not to spoil it. Very good work. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Anyway. Okay. okay. This is uh It wouldn't be a proper Derek and Jay discussion if we didn't uh, go through our, our usual few minutes of, of gushness because our, our very, very, very good friend, Mr. Kevin Joseph, recently sent me, I don't know if you've been lucky enough to receive your preview copy of Tart Number 5. No, now I'm a little offended. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was on it, though. I made sure. I was like, look. Reviews are happening, you know, so I'm not actually I'm going to talk. I'm not going to get into it too much, but uh, I'm going to just basically say that is tart number five's coming. Kids be very, very excited. I haven't looked at it myself yet, so I can't even give any kind of review, but I'm going to actually write a review for this one because tart is just the shit. Just thought I'd mention it because Derek, I know you as well. We've always been huge fans of this fucking book because it's just wonderful. Ludovic Saleh. And Kevin Joseph, people, you have to check this shit out. So, yeah, you know, I'm 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 on the Twitters right now. <laughs> nice, nice. He's gonna be like fucking Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there it goes. So. <laughs> well, it's it's a book you can't you can't pass up, man. You got no it. no tart is so good, yeah, yeah. and. uh Damn it! Now I'm gonna to have to pull up my original art uh, portfolio again because I got from Ludo on the first Kickstarter. I went with um, I went with a, a commission, and actually, a lot of the people that were you know what? Sorry, I'm very very sorry to interrupt, but he might not actually have sent it yet. He might have just sent the message asking if I wanted it. Oh, okay. He may not have actually sent it yet. So I apologize for just making that huge mess of a disaster just happen, but go on. We're, we're going to start a Twitter war. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Jay said he got it, <laughs> uh, which is which will be great because he won't be able to hear this till Thursday. So, um, no, so uh, my, on the first Kickstarter that they did, I went with uh, with a commission, and I didn't like when I signed up for it. I, I wasn't really paying attention to what it was going to be. Um, but, you know, it's like I asked Kevin, I was like, hey, can we, can we request kind of what we want? And he goes, well, no promises, but what are you looking for? And I'm, and at the time I was, I was in my pinup kick, you know, like my, my old school bombshell, like World War II pinup kick. Of which Ludovic is a pro. So, yeah. Yeah. And so. And, and after reading the book, I was like, that's kind of what I want. And he's like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, I'm like, you know, like, like kind of like one of the girls that'd be like slapped on the side of an old, uh, you know, w w one of the, the flying fortress bombers, Memphis bell, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. You know, the old B 52s. And so he's like, all right, cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask. Well, so Ludo does this fucking gorgeous full color, which I didn't know I was getting full color full color painting. And so then people, a lot of people who will have seen this if they followed the tart stuff, because then Kevin asked my permission, if he could use my, you know, my piece of art for prints. And I'm like, yes. Why yeah. are you asking me? <laughs> you know? Well, I'm hey, like, merchandise was handed over. Those rights to that picture are yours now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So so that is out there. I know on prints, and they made the little cards for the Kickstarter and all that with it. Yeah. Super second, cool. Yeah. The second Kickstarter, um, because 
I was at my jobby job and I didn't get on the Kickstarter till about six hours after it started. I missed all the fucking commissions. They're all gone. Oh, in like six hours gone. It doesn't take long, man. No. And I talked to Kevin later and he's like, yeah, he goes, it was more like three. So don't, don't feel like you missed it by five minutes. (laughs) So I ended up going with one of the original pages from issue four. And, uh, if you remember issue four, I got the page where they're doing the costume change. Okay. Yeah. So, nice. and it's just fucking gorgeous. So not, but I'm going to have to pull out my, uh, my original art portfolio and go drool over that again. Well, speaking of your original art portfolio, which contains something interesting. Now, have you been watching agents of shield at all? Uh, more or less. Yes. Did you see the season finale? Yes. Okay. Spoilers, kids. This is a spoiler if you haven't seen it or if you haven't read Inhumans and you don't know what the fuck's going on, this will fucking spoil it for you. Do you think that end character was Reader? Um, I think it's based on Reader. Okay. I don't know if it actually is Reader. Reader's not, he seemed a little old and not quite fit like Reader would be, no? Yeah, definitely seemed older than, than what you would expect for the actual character of reader. But, but I think too much of a coincidence that he has no eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, I think he's based based on reader and maybe they will even call him reader, but you know, it's that once again, goes back to the conversation we were having earlier, where not everything in the comic universe and the cinematic universe will be identical and match up perfectly. Very true. Very true. It's a, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a process for me to learn, but I have learned that, you know, I never looked at the Marvel comics and the Marvel movies like they should match, like they should fit. That's never even crossed my mind because they're two different entities. So why am I so stuck for years on looking at the Star Wars movies and the Star Wars comics as a single entity that have to fucking canonize together? There's no reason, um, you know, so I've learned to look at it like I do the Marvel way. So now the comics, it's, it's just a whole complete, uh, I've, I've finally done it. I finally gotten to the point where I've been able to completely separate the two. Now, that being said, I, I will still be and think they will for the EU fans be overjoyed if they include occasional Easter eggs of maybe reusing names or planets or stuff from the EU in the movies, right? So... That's uh, that's how I feel about that. <laughs> I think to answer your question as to why you're so hung up on it, it's be- it's because of the amount of weed you've smoked while reading and watching Star Wars. This could be a very valid point that Derek is making. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, but ganja is good. Is that a joint? Ganja is fun, and it makes it makes comic books even that much cooler, believe it or not. Although it does make you often have to reread Bubbles, quite often. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it makes you want to blow Bubbles, you yeah. know. Yeah, occasionally. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's been all the exciting things that have gone on. Uh, there's something else I wanted to mention. Oh, yes, uh, Mr. Tony Maiello. Yes. Uh, a brand new event that he's bringing. Now, I want to. Can, can you say the name for me? Because I don't want to get it wrong. 
Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. I don't want to say this it. is proof at this moment is proof that 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 weed is no more harmful than alcohol. <laughs> well, yeah, when you don't when you don't like give me any planning on this, you know? <laughs> uh, it's like the Michigan comic show. I think it's that simple. I think. Uh, oh, I'll find it here. Now, now I'm now I'm just like Michigan Comic Book Expo. Michigan Comic Book Expo. Now, the reason I wanted to mention this, I should start taking notes in the future. I pro uh, next time I have you on, Derek, I'll take more proper notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm used to my show where I have notes in front of me. I know exactly what I'm going to talk about. It makes me sound smarter, you know. So. Well, I've pretty much given up on that, so we pretty much fly by the seat of our pants here. <laughs> yeah, but the um, reason I wanted to mention this show is because it's it's a simple little comic book expo going on, but the most wonderful, beautiful fucking thing about this show is that it's free. Yes. It's amazing that he's doing this. He's at, It's absolutely amazing he's doing this, and I wanted to pass out kudos because he's going to have to put some fucking effort and work into organizing and throwing this show that it will be nonprofit and will be free. And that is just, that's amazing. Like, you know? Yeah. It's uh, it, this, this kind of goes back to, you know, when you were talking to, uh, you know, our friend Cosmic Casey about how awesome the Michigan comic book community is, you know, that the, there's, there's a lot of love and appreciation for the art form that is comics and the community that supports them here, both the fans, the people like, you and I who are like fringe between fans and professionals, you know, because we don't quite create comics, but we help promote. And then you get into the actual creators. Yeah. Michigan is, is a great place to be for, uh, for, for creating comics. Um, just a heads up on this. Uh, it's going to be Saturday, September 26th at Wayne County community college in Taylor, Michigan. Perfect. It's yeah. uh, it's it's super good of Tony to be doing this, man. And you know, I I met Tony at uh, at Fan Expo this year when all your massive uh, Michigan militia came up. And <laughs> okay, uh, wait, wait, wait. You should know that there's a there, there's a different kind of. Uh... Oh, I know, I know. Okay, <laughs> that's a world famous thing. Don't worry. That's, oh, okay. We all know about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah. that's, a little, that's a little different. <laughs> but it's it's super cool and exciting. I hope they all come up for Fan Expo uh, again, and I hope, uh, you know, I, I'm pretty sure they all had a good time there. And, uh, you know, I know all the Action Lab cronies are coming up. Another wonderful company where it's it's the same thing. When you talk to those guys, you can just you, you feel the love coming out for the, for the art form. So. It's good times indeed. And of course, hey. coming up in May, Motor City Comic Con, Novi, yeah, and, Michigan. Uh, there was an announcement for one of the guests that uh, I am insanely excited about. <laughs> and this is this is a, a small time, uh, small time, meaning not like a major big two creator. Um, I, I don't I don't mean to discredit by any means small as in very like niche creator Ted McKeever is going to be there and Ted McKeever is currently doing the super annuated man which I know you've heard me talk about on, on my show before indeed holy shit this guy <laughs> is so good like <laughs> like I, I don't 
this is just one of those where I'm like, I never thought I'd get to talk to this guy because I don't know why. It just, I know nothing about him. You don't hear anything about him. Where Motor City like pulled him out of the woodwork, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I don't think that he's that hard to get a hold of. I just, he doesn't really, prom- he, he's not really vocal. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few guys like that, or maybe they'll only do like, is he a local guy? Like, do you know where he's out of or? Nope. Not a clue. I know nothing about him except for the fact that I fucking love his book. So it's, it's crazy with the artists, man. Like some are just kind of, you know, they like to do their thing and not live out there. And then there's other guys who are like well on their way to legends, you know, like guys like McKenna, who've you know worked on how many issues of how many big comic books, and he he loves the cons. He loves going out there, and he'll show up in fucking Allentown and shit, you know. Well, last I knew, he'd done over five hundred and some books in his career. Yeah, it's 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 staggering. It's it's fucking staggering, and there's still the passion and fun that you know we blabbed about that last week too. You know, he put that picture up on the thing, and his cupboard's full of just uh, comic book glasses and. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a good time. That's a, that's a crazy week for me because uh, I'm going to attempt Denver Comic Con the weekend after. <laughs> yeah, I heard you talking about that. And uh, I don't know why you just don't keep going west. You know, That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, that, that may just be the, the easiest course of action. Take the whole week off and spend it in Denver. Yeah, I could dig on that. Uh, I wanted to ask you as well. Um See, I don't need notes. I remember everything. <laughs> Eventually, at some point. Um, you're a big Daredevil fan. I am. I'm actually. You made me get out my my original art folder and start looking through it while I'm talking to you because I'm that big of a fanboy. <laughs> um, and yes, like I'm looking at all of the Daredevil commissions that I have, <laughs> and it's it's not that bad. There's only uh, there's only only six individual daredevil commissions so not terrible but when you're yes, here I, oh man when you're here we need to fit in a time that we maybe we can swing by uh, our good friend weapon nix's house and uh you would love a perusal of that little uh gallery going on there um just insane shit but um i wanted to ask you if you've seen the picture pictures at all of the netflix series that's starting soon for daredevil i haven't um, I, I've not seen, like, I, this is one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I'll see it when I see it. All right, cool, cool. It's just, it really well, interested me because I like the look of it because they're not going red suit, eh? Oh, they're not? No, they're going, uh, black suit, uh, with, uh, the old school Daredevil headband. Remember at that one point he had, like, a headband mask with, like, it was almost like a Ninja Turtle mask with the long flowy things in the back? Are you talking, like, when he had the armor? Uh, maybe I'm not remembering armor, but this is definitely when I saw the picture, I went, okay, that looks like a daredevil I'm familiar with, but it's not daredevil. He's not like Affleck daredevil or red suited DD daredevil. He's like a black suited black mask ninja looking motherfucker. It looks good, but just be prepared that they went the other way. <laughs> you know, you're, 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 you're telling me all these, these announcements, you're making me look shit up. You know, calling out Kevin Joseph on Twitter and confusing the fuck out of him. You know, all right, so we're going Netflix Daredevil. We're gonna see what uh, what what pops up up now. Um, 
But, oh, what was it? Somebody called him. Uh, I saw one comment. Someone called him the Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> oh. Oh wait, I think I know what you're talking about. It's almost like a like an over the head mask like thing. I think I'm trying to remember now, but it's 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 a different Daredevil. Like I think it's based on another Daredevil suit that might have been red, but it's not the horn mask. You know. Yeah, I think I know what you're what what you're talking about without even seeing it, but. Um... I think yeah. it looks neat, though. So I was just wondering if you'd seen it, and I know you're a big Daredevil guy, so I was wondering yeah, how I'm, you felt about that. I'm looking at it right now. Hey, you know, it. I'm I'm open to pretty much anything. Um, Affleck ruined my childhood, so, you know. <laughs> ah, well, he's about to make up for it, so don't yeah, you worry. Yeah, he's about to ruin yours. No, he is <laughs> not. There's no, he is, he's not. He's not in any way. Oh, I oh, there's so many rumors swirling around that movie. It's more than like I think any movie. I've never seen as many plot rumors to a movie going around as I think I ever have with Batman versus Superman. There's just every day there's like two or three new plots <laughs> that this movie could be about. And it's it's really picking up. It's picking up steam uh and oh man, I I can't even wait. I can't even I'm I, I, this is a dreadful, horrible thing to to say on a podcast called An Elegant Weapon, but I may be more excited for Batman versus Superman than Episode 7. Yeah, that's just because it's, it's more of an unknown. Yeah, yeah, but it's both my boys. It's Abrams. It's Snyder. It's it's Attack of the Killer Visualists, and uh, that, that floats my boat. But uh, it's been a fantastic time, as always. This uh, I feel real good. I feel like I've gotten tons out this evening. <laughs> so thank you very much for making yourself available for an elegant weapon episode 133 derek i'm always happy to be your uh your, your therapy session for an hour and, uh, <laughs> yeah that's uh that'll be 70 dollars plus tax and uh <laughs> well, well i always good. know it's gonna come out of you well too because you guys really focus on the comic books uh quickly we'll talk about of course drunk on comics drunk on comics.com is derek's wonderful podcast um along with his fellows tony matt and kevin and uh the podcast is uh it's comic books and they talk about the comic books and you guys will talk about related things to the comic books and you'll talk yeah, about we... Marvel movies and stuff. But here I always know you get to really go off kilter and spill it, which you're great for. So thank you for spilling it. <laughs> well, Hey, I, 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 and it's fun too, because you haven't heard all my jokes yet. Like Matt and Tony and Kevin have. So <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. You're getting another round refresher again, kids. That is DrunkOnComics.com. That's all we're going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon. Take it easy.